Welcome to Making Fit Work. I'm your host, Nina McGough, certified personal trainer and nutrition coach and busy mom of two. I'm committed to helping you get real results by sharing best practices and life hacks to staying consistent. I also regularly interview other busy professionals who have mastered the ability to juggle it all while staying the course with their health and fitness. Let's get started. Hey, you guys, I just want to take a pause real quick to drop a line about my favorite supplements, and that's my chocolate trim. It's essentially a combo of the liquid collagen that I absolutely love, plus CLA, which is a fatty acid proven to help with overall weight loss. I personally have been taking this product for over a year. Even my husband takes it. And I've noticed major improvements in my digestion, my energy level, and just less overall fluctuations in my body composition when I'm changing things in my diet, right? So anyway, if you're interested in trying it, which if you're not already taking a collagen supplement, I totally recommend that you do. Just head over onto the show notes and I will drop a link in there to my referral code so that you can get $10 off. And then shoot me a message. Let me know if you buy it. Let me know if you try it. I would love to hear how you feel. Hey, welcome to another episode of Making Fit Work. I am your host, Nina McGough, and I am so excited to have my friend Ty Rendlich-Texador here. Thank you so much for joining me, Ty. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So Ty has a degree in sports medicine. She's been working as a personal trainer since 2003, mainly focusing on helping people address those nagging injuries while also helping them get to and achieve their fitness goals, right? Absolutely. Getting them over those hurdles so that they can really be where they want to be. Yeah. I mean, usually people come to me with certain fitness goals and certain ideas of where they want to get as far as physical performance is concerned or just general health. And through an assessment and through a few few sessions, I start weeding out what might be possibly holding them back from really getting there. And as a trainer, I'm always like, well, I'm not thinking about the next six months. I'm thinking about the next 20 years, 30 years, as far as your training lifespan is. And so what's going to make you be able to do this for longevity, for the long term, right? right? So I'll give you what you want in the short term with some of your fitness goals, but I'm going to get what I need and making sure that your knees feel better, your back feels better, you know when to rest and you know how to fuel yourself in order to just make it more of a, a lifetime thing. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. So today we are definitely going to be diving almost into like two topics today. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about the importance of strength training for women specifically what that really means when we say strength training, but then also what you just touched on, the ability and knowing when to pull back so that you can accomplish more. Yes. But before we get into that, tell everybody a little bit about you. Like, How did you first come to work in the fitness industry? Has it always been a part of your life? Well, I've been a lifelong athlete, right? Like if it wasn't for sports, I don't think I would have any purpose in life, right? Like, sure, I've got kids, but I love sports. I love the human body. I love challenging myself. I love seeing other people accomplish things. So for me, sports is just a non-negotiable. Like I will always have time and make time for sport in general. And I say sport as in weight training to me is a sport. Like I just consider it as being athletic. Um, But I started... Senior year of high school, I sprained my ankle, um, like right before volleyball season started. And it was my senior year of volleyball. And I went to the doctor and they said that I would be on crutches for six weeks. And I was 
obviously mortified. I was like, what? Like there goes my senior year, my career, whatever. Not that I was like this like stellar athlete, but that's a blow, you know? Yeah, of course. So the athletic trainer at our high school who was mainly in charge of football saw me limping around and he was like, what happened to you? And I was like, I sprained my ankle. I'm on crutches for six weeks. He was like, come see me after school. And he had me back on the court in a week. Wow. And I was like, what is this magic that you just did? And so I immediately decided I wanted to study sports medicine. I wanted to be an athletic trainer. This is so cool. And I loved the study of it, the science of it, everything like the human body and its ability to regenerate and heal is just incredible, right? It blows my mind. So I studied it. I loved it. Graduated with honors. And then I started working in athletic training and I was like, this is not fun. Like, (laughs) like, (laughs) this is not what I imagined it to be. It wasn't the type of career that I wanted. So I wanted Mm -hmm. to go back to school to be a professor of biomechanics because I was like, I love the human body. Let me do that. So I went to math to get my master's. And again, I was like, well, this isn't fun either. (laughs) (laughs) This is not what I want to do. I was like, I'm just reading like articles and research and everything. I was like, I just want to work with the human body already. So I wasn't patient enough. Who signed me up for this? Yeah, it was awful. And so then I was like, well, so I didn't finish my master's, even though it was in Hawaii, which was incredible. So I pulled out of that. And then I started working as a personal trainer and like everything just clicked. I was like, Oh my gosh, I get to immediately implement what I know. You know, I get to do, obviously I love weight training. I did that all, you know, sports and everything. And in college, I really got into weight training and I was like, wow, I get to blend these two worlds. And I just ran with it. And I became known as that trainer. This was in Bally's way back when in 2003, I was that trainer that other trainers or other clients could come to when they had something that was bugging them because I just had that rehab knowledge or that assessment knowledge. I would test them out a little bit. And then I I was like, well, screw it. This is what I'm going to specialize in. (laughs) You know? So I just kind of ran with that. And I have been doing that ever since, since 2003. That's awesome. Yeah. And then I got into the CrossFit world in 2009 and that just blew my mind. So I've been a CrossFitter since 2009, love CrossFit, love to do it safely. And that's what I focus on now is building CrossFit programs that, will challenge you, but also keep right. you safe. Yeah. So, okay. So we met actually not that long ago. Yeah. Um, and we started talking about just kind of podcasting, how we both love it and the outlet and kind of like what types of messaging we want to get out there. So I was like, let's go. I have to have you on. Let's talk about and start to dive into the importance of strength training. And I think people see this all the time, right? Like we should be strength training. Everybody should be weight training. It's important for women for so many reasons, and we can dive into the reasons a little bit, but before we even dive into those reasons, let's talk about what we even mean. Yes. So I would love for you to kind of tackle that. Like when you say strength training, when clients come to you, what do you think it should mean for everybody who is looking to implement, get stronger, fitter? Yeah. What I really want women especially to understand is that they are capable of more than they think they are. Mm. I think if you were to look at a a woman, especially a mom, if you were to look at all of the things that she does physically all day long from start to finish, especially if you have kids, you got a toddler, whatever, think about the amount of pounds that you carry from sunup to sundown. And then think about the load that you are trying to pick up while you're training. I want training to challenge you more so than your daily life, right? So if your purse 
weighs 10 pounds because you got a whole lot of stuff in there, but you're doing bicep curls with a five pound dumbbell, that's not making you stronger for life. Right. If your toddler weighs, I mean, I got a 70 pound son that still wants me to pick him up. Yeah. Maybe he's 80 pounds now. If I'm only deadlifting a 30 pound kettlebell, it's not challenging me to where picking up my son is now going to become easy. Yeah. So for me, training for strength means that you are creating a base for your body to be able to tolerate the demands of your lifestyle and to make your life so much simpler, yeah. so much easier. So I like for women to just think about that. I mean, like, you know, like I challenge them like, Hey, how heavy is your kid? Yeah. I need you lifting more than that. That's such a great way to put it. Like I'm going to use that going forward because yeah. I can't tell you how many, and I'm sure you see this too, people who say, yeah, I do. I strength train. I strength train a couple of times a week. And then you're like, okay, cool. And if you start to ask more leading questions, you realize that they are strength training, like you said, with five pound weights, right. eight pound weights. And it's like, ah, right? right. Like, so that's not really what we mean. And I mean, if that truly does feel challenging for somebody like off the bat for the very first time, okay, yes. maybe. However, like we really need to think bigger because like you said, women are capable of so much more. Yeah. Now, let's address the thing that I know I'm sure you've heard has come up when you start to mention lifting heavier. Do you find that a lot of women are scared of building too much muscle? Yeah, I mean... <sighs> I don't know if I weed people out because I'm just so aggressive with how strong I want to be. But my main focus and the only message that I really want to get out there is let's focus on what your body can do, not what it looks like. Mm. So if you come to me with saying, I don't want to be bulky, I'm going to be like, I'm sorry, I just don't accept that. Like, I <laughs> just, A, you probably aren't going to dedicate that much right. time and effort into really putting forth the energy that it takes in order to really build that. Now, I will put this aside. There are certain body types that will either hold on to mass or build mass a little bit easier. That definitely mm -hmm. does exist. But for those women, especially, I'm like, dude, like you got to monopolize on that. Like, you know how strong you yeah. can be if you like, like, I wish I was a little bit hardier. You yeah. know, I only care about how much I can squat and how many pull-ups I can do. Yeah. Right. But I do understand that there's a certain physique that goes behind that, but the amount of time and energy and effort and food that you have to consume in order to really build right. mass, I, I just, for the most part, I feel like if I dig a little deeper with those women. And I'm like, okay, but what are your goals? Like, what do you really want to do? And we get down to the physical goals that they actually want to achieve. Then we can start to peel away from that worry of the physique, right? Because it's like, okay, well, look at your squat. Look how much you're squatting. You just got pull-ups. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you develop a back muscle in getting pull-ups? By then they get proud of it. Yeah. You know? like, they're like, sweet, I have lats, right. you know? So I feel like the transition happens um, with the more that I focus on what your body can do. Like, let's just get it healthy. Let's get you pain-free. Let's get you moving right. some weight. Let's get you picking up your son without it hurting your back. Right. I'm sorry that you have to build a bigger booty or that you have to have some back muscles in order to do that. So do you kind of lead with that? Like when you are trying to, I guess, help people see why you're starting them where you are? Do you kind of say things like, how heavy is your purse? How much does your smallest kid weigh right now? Or things like that. 
Yeah. If I see some pushback, um, some pushback on like, well, I did these, I, it's a set of six, maybe of like, you know, lunges, I'll say a set of six lunges and they're using 10 pound dumbbells. And I'm like, I just feel like you're really capable of more. Then I'll push back a little bit. I'll be like, look, like, I'm sorry, but how heavy is your son? Or like, you know, say it's a deadlift and they're picking up a 20 pound dumbbell. And I'm like, I mean, I'm going to need you to do more. Then I'll put it in relation to, but mostly I'm like, look, you got to look at the reps right? Like, yeah. I'm not giving you sets of 15 or 20, right. like you're used to doing in boot camp or something, right. right? Like I'm giving you a set of six. So if you get to six and you're like, I mean, I could probably do 10 more, then I'm going to need you to go a little heavier. So I try to make the emphasis on looking at the numbers and charting everything, you know, like you've been doing, you know, like how long have you been using those 10 pound dumbbells? Some women come to me after like seven years, eight years of boot camp yes. or, you know, spin classes where they're using three pound dumbbells. And I'm like, okay, but you've been using that same weight for how long? Right. The goal is to get stronger, you know? Stronger, so, yeah. so I just put it in relation to that. And actually, let's talk about that. I would love to dive into this with you. I actually had a client once say to me, she's on a weight loss journey. And she just said, but you know, like, seriously, what is the point of me getting stronger? Ooh. And like, I'll be honest, my mind was like blown. I was like, that's like a question. (laughs) But she like in her mind and I just, and I love this stuff. I love these conversations because it did help me see like, what perspective is she having behind this, right? And her perspective, because she was on mainly a weight loss journey and, you know, I'm doing the like air quotes here. She's like, I don't care if I can carry a table across a room or like she was kind of using that example. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't care if I can lift up my table and move it across the room. Like she legit was like, what is the point of me getting stronger? Yeah. And at the time I was like, what do you like, what do you mean? (laughs) You know, but like, let's talk about that. Yeah. I think it's valid. I think for a lot of women, they feel like they can just be in a maintenance plan, Mm. which is fine as long as you are where you want to be, right? right? Like you can, have you achieved what you want? Like if she is still trying to lose weight, then we probably still need to gain muscle, right? She's still in a process. Um, For me, and again, I'm thinking about longevity and how long we can be training for and not breaking hips when we're 70 and stuff like that. For me, I'm like, we are going to lose strength. Like that's just what happens. We lose strength and we lose power at a faster rate than we lose strength when we age. So being able to get up and go is just something that we always have to attack. And for me, I'm like, well, I'd rather be way far ahead of the curve so that when I do lose strength, I only come down, you know, two or three notches. But if I've only been maintaining, then when I do start to lose strength or God forbid an injury happens, you're really falling down low. So for me, I'm going to build and build and build and build and build for as long as I possibly can. What if I get in a car accident, I blow out my knee and I have to take six months or a year to rehab or something. I'd rather have a way further head start. Yeah. You know, like I don't want to not be able to come back from that, you know? So for me, it's just a constant need and drive to be better. Right. Just in case or preparing me for, I mean, I want to be able to do clean and jerks in front of my grandkids. I just posted that or something that came up the other day. And I was like, Oh, it's an email that I'm drafting right now to my newsletter. And the subject line was 
I want to clean and jerk in front of my grandkids, which is a huge goal for me. Like, I don't want to lose mobility. I don't want to lose strength. I don't want to lose power until I can prove to my grandkids that I'm a badass. Right. (laughs) And so that's what I'm training for. No, I, I totally agree. Someone actually, a colleague uh, recently asked me like, so what are your goals this year? Like fitness wise. And I was like, honestly, like I'm not competing for anything. I'm not trying to race or get faster. My goal every year is to just put on a little bit more muscle, just knowing that eventually I am going to lose yes. some of that muscle. Right. Yes. So like, that's my goal yeah. is just to put on a Build little bit more Absolutely. every year. So that I'm not at a point one day where I'm like, oh man, like I've lost so much or, you know, and I always think like, as far as like physique goes, right? Like one day I'm going to hit menopause. Yeah. Yeah. We all are. Yeah. I mean, it's an uphill battle already. It's already an uphill battle. You might as well prepare yourself and be strong. I just got over COVID and that wiped me out. I mean, the amount of muscle that I lost in my arms and legs, I was so upset, but I went into it fairly strong. So I'm like, all right, well, if I step back a little bit, I'm still way ahead of the curve. I'm still okay. I can get back into it. Like my momentum was already there. I was already at a good place. Well, and muscle memory is a beautiful thing once you have it. But if you don't have it to start. Exactly. It's so much harder. So yeah, it's just getting ahead of the curve. Like just stay ahead of it, right? Take Stay two steps, three steps ahead, just in case, right? Prepare yourself for later in life. Yeah. I love that you said you want to clean and jerk in front of your grandkids. I've always said that I still want to like play soccer and basketball with my grandkids. Like I want to be able to just do physical stuff, right? Like I don't want to get to a point where I feel like I can't run or I can't like zig and zag and just kind of be playful. So I love that. Yeah. Or just get down on the floor with them. You know how many grandkids, even parents can't just get down on the floor and get back up with their children. That saddens me. You're missing out on such a beautiful component of life. And what enables you to do that? Strength. Strength. Getting down on the floor and getting back up. I tell people all the time, I'm like, it's a freaking burpee. Lay down and get back up again, right? Like, so, but it's like, I mean, lunges, squats, like they're just fundamental foundational things that you need to do in order to better your quality of life. And if you don't aggressively go after them, they will go away. They go away. That's all that, that's all there is to it. So got to attack it. So with that being said, let's transition a little bit because I know we also wanted to address this like idea of pulling back in order Mm -hmm. to do more, right? Like, so how do you know when to rest, recover in order to keep pushing you towards whatever your fitness goals are? Yeah. So that's another key component to training for longevity, right? Is not burning the candle at both ends. So Mm -hmm. one of the biggest things that I talk to people about is evaluating your phase of life. What phase of life are you in right now? Do you have a newborn? Because then it's probably not a building phase in the gym, right? Like you probably are going to be a more of a maintenance program. Um, Get it in where you can get in. And that's such a great point, right? So many new moms get down on themselves for not being able to get back or they're like feeling weaker or they're like, they don't have the time to work out. It's like, well, no shit. You're exhausted as hell. Like, right. You shouldn't expect yourself to get back to that pre-baby plan. Absolutely. You need a new plan. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. And it could be a whole new you, right? Like, especially, I mean, if this is your first kid, whatever, second kid could be completely different. You're dealing with a whole new you, right? So it's, you kind of need to come up with a new plan, right? Built on the premise of maybe the old plan, but you keep living in the used to could. I, I don't like using that term, right? Like, well, I used to be able to. And I'm like, okay, the used to could is dead, right? Like yeah. so you have to reevaluate for the now. But yeah, for training longevity, like it's like a, evaluate your lifestyle right now, your current lifestyle, and then look ahead, see where you might be able to put more effort towards your training program um, and peel back a little bit more from maybe your family, right? Or, or just how much time you need to um, prepare foods or you need to commit to work. I have a video on it. It's called Load Versus Capacities. It's about balancing what's happening outside of the gym with what you want to accomplish in the gym, right? So if you are really stressed out, lacking sleep, not eating well, but then you're going to go into the gym and try to PR your lifts you know, it's probably not the best combination, right? So you're probably going to get injured or you're going to feel weaker in the gym or you're going to get frustrated. And instead of blaming the gym or blaming your training program, just evaluate what's happening, the whole package, right? Like training is not just about training. It's about health and wellness. And that wellness component is everything outside of the gym, right? Like right. the gym is such a small portion of being healthy. Mm. So if you don't really evaluate everything and you're trying to just look at your Fitbit and see how many calories you can burn in every single session and just go, go, go. And I'm going to, you know, for 45 minutes, I'm not even going to stop to think or breathe. But then you go outside of the gym and your life just doesn't support that type of training or doesn't support that recovery for that. You're going to end up injured. You're going to end up burnt out. You're going to end up more stressed. And it's just not going to lead in 10 or 15 years. Your body's not going to really appreciate what you did to it, right? So you're better off slowing down, doing less, making sure that you ramp it up when you can so that in the long term, you can keep doing it. Yeah. So do you... With your clients, are you doing things for them like, are you changing the program for them seasonally? Do you kind of just touch base with them on what's going on in their lives and kind of programming accordingly that way? Because I know there's so many different ways to look at it, right? Like sometimes it truly is just seasonally. Things change. Everybody's lifestyle changes maybe in the summer or the winter or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But then also those just seasons at home and how that might change for them. Yeah. So with my one-on-one -on -one clients, we are in constant communication, right? Like, so we obviously yeah. communicate through the app with comments and everything and video reviews. But then once a month, we hop on Zoom calls to really make sure that programming is in line with any travel they have, anything, any life events coming awesome. up. So one-on-one -on -one clients, it's completely tailored. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to make sure right. that all the boxes are checked. With my focus program, which is my CrossFit programming, but to keep you safe. Um, <laughs> I do educational calls once a month to tackle things outside of the gym and sometimes um, instructional things for certain lifts. But in the video reviews and in the comments, and one of the biggest proponents of this program is make sure your phase of life supports the training. So there might be six days a week of training in there, recovery workouts and everything. There's enough in there for if you want to go to the gym and train hard, because that's what I deal with is CrossFitters. It's hard to pull them back and get them out of the gym. Yeah. 
But I make sure like, hey, if you are going to do all of this program, then you need to prove to me that you are eating enough, that you are resting enough, that you are taking breaks, that you are getting ahead of any aches and pains. Like you need to relay all of that to me because it's very high touch. I'm all up in your business. And if it doesn't support that, then what I tell them to do is to prioritize, right? So I tell them I put a lot of rehab components in the warm up. So I'm like, you need to get through your warm up. You need to get through your strength and the high intensity, which is everybody's favorite part in which they think is the most important. I tell them that is the least important. So if you get to the high intensity and you feel like you can support it, absolutely go ahead, do it cherry on top. If you can't get to that part, that's the first part that's scrapped. Yes. I love that. Um, So that to me is training for longevity. I'd rather you be strong then be fast, right? Like just hopping around like a little bunny for an eight minute AMRAP. Your body's not going to, yep. 60 year old you is not going to remember the high intensity. 60 year old you is going to remember the tempo squats and the isometric holds and yep. the banded rehab that you did for your shoulder. Like that's, what's going to make you feel good when you're older and when you're a grandparent. I love that. Yeah. I have a group program called hit and lift. It's mostly women. So I always tell the women, like the lift is the most important part. Mm-hmm. The hit part, mm-hmm. like if you're not feeling it, if you you know yeah. it's that time of month or whatever's going on in your yeah, life, absolutely. you save it, you move it to the end. Maybe you get some energy yeah. and you feel better. Whatever we yes. play with that part, but we always focus on the lift. So I love that you're I doing love the it. same thing because I yeah. mean it's so important. What would be your biggest tip for, you know, how does someone tell the difference between? like not feeling like it maybe, but Mm -hmm. like truly needing a rest day, right? Because I feel like people struggle with that feeling like, well, I'm not feeling it today. It's like, well, sometimes we push through, but other times like, yes, it's a rest day. You focus on foam rolling or stretching or walking or whatever. Yes. I usually like to approach that with the frequency of how those days are happening. Uh, Like, If it's just every once in a while, then I'm like, I mean, if you want to push through, push through. If you want to quit, quit. Like get through the warm up, see how you feel, do a little bit of, you know, roll around a little bit, roll on the foam roller while you're scrolling through Instagram, Mm -hmm. do a seven minute, you know, air dine, you know, see if it gets your heart rate up, do your warm up. If you still feel like bagging it, bag it. Absolutely. Walk away, go for a walk, right? Yeah. If you are aching and feel like your body feels heavy and it feels like, God, I just can't get my knee to warm up. Or, you know, Mm. like it's more of a physical grind than a mental grind. Then I'm like, you know what? Uh, Let's pull back. Right. But also the frequency of it. Like, are you having these days three, four times a month? then there's something that needs to be addressed either outside of the gym or in your training program. You might be doing too much, right? So maybe you're not fueling yourself enough. Maybe you're not sleeping enough. Maybe it's happening outside the gym. Maybe it actually is the program. But if it's happening often that you get to the gym and you're like, I just don't feel like doing this, then something needs to be adjusted. If it's just every once in a while, like you're just like, you know what? My husband pissed me off this morning. I don't feel like working out. then you can bag it, right? Like just go for a walk. You don't have to get that day in, right? Right. Compliance means overall compliance, not day to day, not week to week. What does your training look like over the course of three to six months? That's the type of compliance we're looking at, looking at. If you're not enjoying it more often than you are enjoying it, something definitely needs to change. Yeah. I love that. So your program is how long the duration for 
So the first six weeks is four workouts a week because in the first six weeks, I force everybody, most of the time people come to me with something aching, something bothering them. So I, the first six weeks, I strip away all high intensity and I make them do foundational moves. So it's a lot of core work, a lot of isometrics, a lot of like, hey, let's get in there and figure out what is bugging you. It's very, very high touch. We do a full assessment before you even start so that I have a, a going into it, I have an idea of what... Um, limitations you might have. So the first six weeks is four days a week. And then we go to a five day a week, three month HSR cycle, heavy, slow resistance in order to build up tendon strength. And again, to build some positional awareness. And then after that, it's ongoing and you get six days a week of programming. But again, you have to prove to me that you can do six days a week of programming. And there's only two or three days a week of high intensity. The rest is strength, active recovery, uh, workouts and accessory lifts. But yeah, it's in there. I love that. And and we also it's a progressive CrossFit program, right? So we start with very very basic progressions to some of the higher level skills. So like cleans are introduced in like the fourth cycle, snatches are introduced in the fifth cycle. Um, we start working on tripods in order to eventually get to handstand pushups. We do beat swings in order to eventually get to kipping pull ups. But since I'm reviewing all of the videos and everything, I make sure that. I kind of give you the green light to go to the next progression. If not, I'm like, nope, we're going to stick with this right. progression because one of the biggest things I see is people doing too right. much too soon. So I, I got, I rein you in to be like, nope, you haven't graduated there. Or I can be like, hell yes, you pass with flying colors, move on to the next one. So yeah, I'm really, really proud of it. I love that program. Yeah. I think that's like such a, such a big part of having a coach, right? Like there's a difference between being a class where there's one person who has to oversee, you know, I, I don't know how many people are in a class, maybe 20, 25 all at one time versus someone specific who is saying, yes, you're good to go. You should be progressing up. I've noticed mm -hmm. you're doing that same weight. You know, you've been at that same weight for yeah. too long now. Yeah. You're ready to move on versus someone who says, no, let's like keep fine tuning this a little longer. Yeah. And I mean, the fact that we start with a full assessment going in as well, like in the back of my mind, I know whether they're left leg dominant or whether their right arm doesn't have range of motion that the left arm does. So when there is like, say a push jerk or, you know, barbell component and they need to go overhead, I can be like, nope, you need to swap that out for dumbbells. We're still building on that range of motion for that right arm or, right. you know, so little things like that. Like I, I'm definitely... I just, I mean, I can't, there's no other way to see it. I am all up in their business. Like I'm like looking at the screen, like really like making sure that I'm watching their big toe and what's happening with their thumb. Is it wrapped around the pull-up bar? Like I just make sure that I look at everything because it all adds up when you're thinking yeah. about, you know, pain on, in the shoulder or pain in the knee, like all right. these little things contribute to that. So I, I try to teach my clients to acknowledge it too. Like, it's like, yes, I'm there to help you, but you need to become more self-aware, which is another great part yeah. of this program. I'm not there all the time. So while right. they're in the gym, like they need to review my comments before going in and then think about that the next time they do that lift. Where is my big toe? Am I using it? Oh, that's right. Ty told me to use my big toe. Ugh. Okay. So then they're becoming <laughs> more aware, self-aware, and just smarter athletes yep. in general. So that's one of the biggest things I love. Like they're like, oh my gosh, I finally felt it. And like, yes, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And I feel like we can't wrap up without even addressing the fact that strength training for women, yes, functionality, yes, like how do we want to feel? But like, it is so empowering feeling. 
And I, I'm sorry, but I don't know another modality mm-hmm. that anyone has ever left feeling like I just feel so confident. I feel yeah. so badass. I feel like I can accomplish anything. And I, I mean, I know I'm biased, right? Obviously, yeah. because I prefer strength training too as well. So I'm not saying that everything else stinks and everybody should focus just on that. But like long term, I feel like there is nothing like strength training that yeah. gives you not only the physical aspect, right? All of the possibilities there, but just the emotional, the mental aspect, the being of like, you can accomplish more, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I just actually signed up to host this mastermind for another group that I'm in. And that's literally what I was talking about. The, the topic is uh, building confidence through building strength. Love it. And it's for a bunch of female business owners. And I'm like, look, like, I'm sorry, but if you can get under a 155 pound barbell and just squat that for multiple reps, can't nobody tell you nothing, yeah. right? Like, right? <laughs> sorry, you can be like, do you know what I just did this morning? Get out of my yeah. face, right? Like, and it just translates into so many other areas. I mean, I love it for teenage girls, right? Like if you get a 16 year old girl in the high school gym squatting next to the other football players, do you think that she is going to let them push her around or, you know, like, I'm like, no, like this, it just translates into so many other aspects. Yes. Finding strength in sports and the weight room and just, there's no way to not have it affect your psyche. And I, I love it. Love it. I mean, I, it's everything yeah. I hope for from my daughter. Yeah. I'll never forget this one client I had, she was a runner Um, like marathon runner. And when we first started, and this is, I think this, this was like the first time that it really clicked for me with someone outside of me. Right. So when she she first started, um, you know, she would just kind of wear like the same old raggedy t-shirt each time, the same old raggedy shorts each time, which is fine. Like whatever makes you feel comfortable. But Mm -hmm. it was funny to see how that started to change and shift for her once she started to get super confident and how strong she was, how it related to her running. Then, you know, with all that stuff, she started to lose the weight that she kind of originally said was her goal. And that confidence boost, let me tell you, I never saw that raggedy t-shirt again. Beautiful. Never. It was like the nicest of the nicest clothes after that. It was almost like this weird, like inner confidence boost that was like, I deserve more. I love it. Like I deserve Like I deserve better clothes. I deserve, you know, and I was just like, yes, "Yes." like, yes, that's what it does for people. And I mean, I know that you can get that through different aspects too, but there's something about strength training that just leaves women feeling so empowering Mm -hmm. that they didn't feel before. Like they might first get into exercise. Like I want to feel better. Yeah. It checks all the boxes as far as like just building you up. Yeah. Definitely a love affair for me, for sure. <laughs> me and my barbell. I even have a reel about it. How I'm like <laughs> kissing my barbell. Like, I love this thing. It's just it's like my favorite thing in the whole wide world. I love it. Ty, where can people find you? Um, on Instagram at Ty underscore training. So T-Y underscore training. Um, I'm also on YouTube. I have a pretty active YouTube. I post so many educational videos on there. Um, and that's just awesome. Ty training as well, or just online www.tytraining.com. Yeah. Pretty simple. I'm awesome. just Ty training across the board. T-Y. <laughs> T-Y training. T-Y training. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time with me today. I really appreciate it. I feel like this is a lot of value, especially for anybody who was just 
kind of like I said, having that like, really, why though? You know, mm-hmm. why is it so important? So I appreciate you sharing that knowledge and love with us today. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was fun. Yeah. Awesome. All right, guys, until next time, we will see you soon. All right, you guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Making Fit Work. If you did, it would mean so much to me if you took a minute to rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. It really does make a difference and would be super helpful to me. Also, if you have any topic suggestions, if there's something in particular you'd love for me to address on this podcast, feel free to shoot me a message. I would absolutely love to hear from you. You can shoot me a DM on Facebook or Instagram and find me at fitwith underscore Nina. Again, you can find me at fitwith underscore Nina, or you can join my private community on Facebook called Making Fit Work and drop topic suggestions in there. Until next time, my friends, be strong, be healthy, be happy.